ones to follow. This is Black Bookers on Radio Tab. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Black Bookers for Monday, the 11th of December. And let's kick off by having a look at South East Queensland. We raced to Doombit on Friday. That was a good midweek card on a good track. And, of course, Summer Carnival continued at Eagle Farm the following day. I'm going to Black Book 2 out of the Doombit meeting. One of them was a winner. Her name's Salt Lake Betty. She won the, the second race of the day. Now, she's been, I think, fair to say, a work in progress, and her trainer, Desley Forster, would be the first to admit that. In fact, uh, sometimes her barrier matters uh, haven't been that good. She's sometimes been difficult to load. Anyway, this campaign, she, she ran well at the Sunshine Coast in an open three-year-old. She did work and just knocked up late. Then she had a barrier trial, and Desley set her for that 11, 10-metre maiden on Friday. Kirk Matheson rode her, and he rode her with purpose, taken to the lead, and uh, she skipped away around the bend, and they were never going to catch her. Now, the the key to this performance is to compare it to the following race, also over 11.10, a horse called Fortunier won. Now, it landed some good bets and was impressive. Granted, it covered ground and won well, but it was a second slower, six lengths slower than Salt Lake Betty's 1.399. So I think there's a lot to read into that as far as the time is concerned. She looks to have found her niche now. She she went into the barrier as well. She settled well in front and she won well. So I'm sure that next time she steps out, if the same Salt Lake Betty appears, she's going to be mighty hard to beat. So she was a winner, but she'll win more, Salt Lake Betty. In the last race, a horse called Volcanic Love uh, arrived from the Northern Rivers. I had a look at its form and it only had the three starts it raced twice in July during their carnival period and uh, was short odds and ran well, a win and a second. It ran second first up at the start of this campaign to a horse called Flying Mickey at Grafton. Now, Flying Mickey is a well-above-average horse trained by David McComb. And whilst Flying Mickey had the win on Volcanic Love, Volcanic Love beat the others just as easily as Flying Mickey won, and they ran time. Now, it was a Class 1 on, on Friday afternoon, drew the outside gate, no luxury from the 1,200-metre the start. But I thought Anthony Allen did the right thing. Uh, took uh, Volcanic Love forward, uh, sat outside the leader, couldn't lead, had to sit outside the leader, but boxed on really well. Uh, he never gave up on the drive to the line and set to shine, bloused him late. So that was only his fourth start, his second run this campaign. You may have to watch for him around the Northern Rivers, but stay on his trail. I thought he raced really well, Volcanic Love. He's a promising horse. At Eagle Farm on Saturday, my horse to follow is a horse called Suad, S-O-U-A-D, a filly trained by Merchant Navy, and she was on debut, prepared down at Kembla Grange. She had won a barrier trial there. I saw her trial. She won comfortably. Uh, she had no early speed on Saturday. This was the 1,000-metre Callaway gal, and she drifted out to be at the tail end. But I liked her work late, finding the line well. It was, a, it was a, not an eye-catching debut, but it was a very good debut and suggesting next time she steps out, 1,100, 1,200 metres, she's going to have benefited by the experience and she'll be suited by the extra distance. So I think she's a filly of promise, Suwa. So a black book here along with Salt Lake Betty and Volcanic Love. That's uh, South East Queensland. Let's turn our attention now to Royal Ramwick on Saturday. It was Ingham Race Day and Nick Burney from Racing New South Wales is joining us. Nick, good morning. Good morning to you, David. How are you? Well, thanks. Your first to Blake book comes out of one of the highway races, a horse called Rapidash, who started nearly favourite, second favourite at $3.70. Yeah, still very lightly raced, only having the four starts now. And 
Um, they went at such a slow speed in this race. So Rapidash wasn't suited to the race shape there on Saturday, David. And he just was blending into the race perfectly. He actually ran the second fastest 400 to 200 metre split of the meeting. But then was just completely chopped out of it. Probably around that 150 mark. And he just never got clear running. I should say she just never got clear running for the rest of the straight. So I think she would have gone very close to uh, to winning that race. Um, so she's a, a lightly raced mare on the way up. And she's all of her career starts, she's been in slow paces. So she could be anything at around this level if she gets a more genuine tempo. So I think she's definitely one to follow. That's Rapidash. Let's go to the Ingham. This was the feature of the day. Won by Lock Eagle, overcame a wide barrier. But there's something you've obviously noticed about no compromises run. Now, officially, the record shows ninth. Beaten 3.7 at $61. So expand on your thoughts on no compromise. Yeah, I think no compromise is going really good this preparation. Um, I know it hasn't fallen into the placings or prep, but I think it's just been a little bit of hidden merit, sectional merit to this horse. And it's drawn barrier 17 on the weekend, just got too far back. Yes, they went in a genuine tempo run to suit, but look, he got through his gears really well. Actually, some of the fastest closing splits again of the race. And I just think this horse is ready to do something. It was 2,000 back to 1,600 metres. Now, I think the Summer Cup uh, coming up in a few weeks' time might be a bit of a target, the Group 3 Summer Cup. So back out to the 2,000 metres, I think we can really follow no compromise and hopefully we can get a gate where it can just settle that little bit closer. Tell us about the run of Aristotus. Uh, first up for Annabelle Nisham in race nine. Yeah, this is a horse I want to follow out of the meeting most is Aristotus. It's another one that was first up over 1,600 metres, wasn't suited to the pace of the race and had nothing actually to bring him into it as well. So Aristotus has had to make this long, sustained sprint, uh, just exerted way too much energy between that 800 to 200 metre split, and then, but maintained a strong finishing speed to the line. Um, I think he's only going to improve off that effort, and he's definitely going to win a couple of races this prep. So really keen to follow Aristotus. And I notice he has won and been placed second up as well, which is an important stat. Good on you, Nick. You have a good day. Thanks, David. You too. Nick Burney, the racing analyst, or one of the racing analysts from Racing New South Wales. He's Blake Booking Rapidash, with a B there, A-P-B-I-D-A-S-H. No compromise, possibly the Summer Cup. And Aristotle was probably the one he's most keen to follow out of the trio. I've set Ben Scanlon a bit of a task, haven't I, to try and find Black Bookers out of Morfordville, a very small meeting and yeah. a deteriorating track. But he's found three. Good morning. Yeah, g'day, David. Yes, it was very tough work on Saturday, going back through them again, because... You don't know if half of these horses race well because the track had deteriorated significantly, especially later on in the day. Yeah, small fields, a lot of horses got beaten a long way. But anyway, we've um, we've had a crack at it and um, we're going to start off in the first race with Colmar. Um, interesting, Strasbourg first starter for Ron Daniel Trish Stanbury, doing a really good job with their team. and. I actually think this race will stack up okay in terms of form. The winner, Wolfgang, I know he had a pretty big rap on him when he had his first start in Melbourne for Lloyd Kenwell and Lucy Yeomans, and he won accordingly. But I thought um, Colmate did a really nice job. He was um, covered a little bit of extra ground, and he was pretty solid to the line, I thought, to be beaten just under two lengths. So, um, yeah, he looks like a horse with above-average ability and um, should certainly be competitive. And the track at that stage was... Well, I think officially it was a soft, soft six... Um, yeah, it might have been a touch worse than that potentially based on the times they ran. But um, yeah, he looks like he's a he's, he's not just necessarily a, a wet tracker by any means. That's Colmar. In the following race, the maiden Cuban waters caught your eye. 
Yeah, it's an improvement this uh, this mare with uh, Gary Nicole Searle, Searle Brianna Callan. Um, it's only had the five starts and run a couple of placings, but look, I think what we saw on Saturday suggests that, um, that that her first win isn't too far away. She um, she's been an improver. She's had three runs back from a break, and I think she's been a little better each time we've seen her. And I thought on Saturday she did a nice job. She was um, she was midfield, and she tended to if you watched her, the replay, she was ducking in quite a lot. So I think if um, they can straighten her out, and she actually runs straight. She will, she actually would have gone pretty close to winning. I think even on Saturday if she'd actually been you know running a, in a straight line. So a little bit of work with her, and I think she'll be um, super competitive next time. That's Cuban Waters. We go to the the last race of the day, and by this stage the track was in the heavy range. And Carla yeah. Sec K A L A S E C is the black booker. Yeah, look, I think with Carlos Hick, you can be confident that he's going to be effective on any kind of ground, and he proved on Saturday he's a he's effective on um, on heavy ground, but he's also raced very well on uh, on good tracks as well. I thought he was a he's good effort. He's a nice horse. This this bloke, he's only won the one race from nine starts, but um, he's raced against some pretty good types along the way, and um, he finished third to uh, to walk like an angel in that Rebel Raider final uh, two starts back. Then on Saturday, I think he. The way the race panned out, he ended up in front probably earlier than Jake Torek would have would have liked, but there were kind of no options there. He kind of basically just galloped his way to the front and couldn't do much about it. Others were dropping dropping back that couldn't handle the track at all. And he's got nailed late by La Defence, who's a mare racing in, in super form. She's won three straight. But um, Nasho, the third horse, was a, was a fair way back, and then there was a big gap to the rest. So um, yeah, I think Carla Sick's a horse he can continue to follow with confidence and won't be too long for him before he wins his, uh, his second race. Just before you go, it's a point I didn't have the, the time to raise during press room. We saw on Saturday uh, a very light program. Now, I know we had scratchings. I know the track was a deteriorating track, but... To be fair, at Wednesday acceptance time, there are only, I think, 78 or 79 runners. It comes back to this old theory, and we've discussed this before you know, on Press Room and other forums, that this time of year when there's so much racing, something has to give, and it really shouldn't be the Saturday meeting because those fields were unusually small on Saturday. Yeah, they were, they were very light on, weren't they? Look, we, um, I think the first, first race there were six runners, the second race we had eight, then we were down to four, in the third race, five five, yeah, I mean, that's, and then six. Um, again, the, the wet track had some impact on that, but they, even if every horse that was, was um, accepted actually started, they were still going to be relatively small fields. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a problem. Like the third race, for example, the mile race, um, there are only five acceptors. Um, yeah, I, I agree with them. There are only five acceptors in the fourth, fourth race, the 2,500 meter race. I know they want to give opportunities to horses to, to be able to race and race for the prize money that's on offer, but um, yeah, it's not great in terms of um, in terms of turnover. I'm sure if you've got these really light on races, then if people don't get involved early because the, the fields are so small, then you may lose them for the day. It, it just seems I don't know if it's the sole reason, but it it is with this busy schedule. This often happens around this Christmas uh, January time. Yeah. Like for example, last week we had Clare on the Sunday, Balaclava Wednesday, Port Lincoln Friday, Morfordville Saturday, Murray Bridge yesterday. And we go into Strathalbyn on Wednesday, Morfordville, that twilight meeting on Friday, and Gawler on Saturday. You sort of say to yourself, is there enough horses around? Well, I mean, they'll run the meetings, but think, is there enough the horses around? You know the team? answer, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> the answer is no, there aren't, there aren't enough horses. Um, yeah, it's it's a really, really tricky one. I know that 
you know, these clubs want to host meetings at this time of year, these end of year things where they can actually get a get quite a few people along. But um, in, from a pure racing perspective, it's not great, is it? 100%. Good on you, Ben. Thanks for that. Thanks, David. Cheers. Ben Scannon joining us from Adelaide. Let's go to Darren Clayton now. Darren, good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you, David. How are you? Is Leap to Fame a moral in the Inter-Dominion? I don't think he's a moral. I, I think he will win. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, I think the, the M word, I think that's getting a little bit <laughs> excited. Until we know the barrier draws, that's, that's for sure. I think, um, you know, he, he's been really good in the three heat rounds. Uh, he looked like he was perhaps susceptible, was going to get rolled in that second round. But um, he found a way to win, which the good ones do. And there on Saturday night, uh, he did it as he liked in front fastest of the three heats again and by the biggest margin again which is also um, you know some people don't subscribe to the time theory the fact that the margin was the biggest of any of the three heats then I think that's that's a solid backup of the time. Yeah, he's a dollar sixty currently and of course you've got that trio behind him there of Swayze, Better Eclipse and, and Narano but I, I think the, the, the draw will have some influence on the market um, later today. We'll, we'll, we'll see when that market comes out. Uh, on the other hand, with as far as the trotters are concerned, it would only seem bad luck would be just believe. Yeah, it would appear that way. He's just been absolutely brilliant through the two rounds so far. And, the, um, you know, he was out in front there. And Olavici, who's a very nice horse, had won yeah. both uh, previous seats. He couldn't sort of really get near him. Greg Sugar's just absolutely controlling that to perfection so he looks really smart and uh, he, he, he just should be winning again you would expect he caught plenty of heat in front and, and if Olavici was going to beat him he, he was entitled to beat him there the way the race panned out but he just he, he pulled away from them in the straight just belief anyway as we said both barrier draws conducted early this afternoon let's concentrate on trying to get some money and, and horses to follow black bookers a horse called Max Sweeney resumed at Redcliffe Thursday. We hadn't seen it for a long time. Yeah, two and a half years almost it had been off the scene, so there's obviously some sort of issue there. I'm not sure what it was. Had two trials leading into that, that first run. Drew Gate 5 went back, and uh, the way he found the line over the closing stages, he was able to run into uh, third placing there, and he was wide off the track. It took him a while to wind up, and uh, once he, he really got going, he found the line nicely and some nice closing sections back that up. So um, I, I think he's one that would certainly improve off a bit of fitness and, um, yeah, keen to follow him. And if there was an issue, hopefully he stays sound and, and can get a few more wins on the board. Yeah. Tell us about this horse, Romany, who's trained by Donnie Smith, ran into pocket the cash and Teddy Disco, but did make good ground. Yeah, he did, and he drew wide there. Um, off the track and went back in early. So he was he was pretty fired up off the gate too, and he went back in the early stages, um, settled on the fence, and he was keen in the run. When he finally found some open space, he really hit the line nicely. Now he's a he's a uh, a five year old, but he'd been sort of, I guess, just running into some better ones. He comes from the Jared Alchin stable in Sydney. He'd sent him out to uh, Cowra, the Carnival of Cups race there, um, a couple of starts before where there's some really nice horses and the form out of that race has stacked up already. Typo runs second in that race and he's come out and won again since. So 
I think Romney, with where he's positioned here, will keep an eye on him. I think he can certainly do a job here in Queensland. OK, that's Romney. And at the same meeting at Albion Park on Friday, Apollo Dreams, trained by Mark Ducks, contested a very strong uh, no-rating up to 70 race, the last race of the day. And you're suggesting we should follow Apollo Dreams. Yeah, he was second up from a spell there. Um, first up, he, he took on a, a similar style race to what he had there on Friday. Um, so on Friday, inside the second line, he got shuffled to three back along the inside. And um, as it panned out, he got stuck behind um, a tiring leader and the horse in front also got carted out when Matt Nelson was able to find some space. Really impressed with how he found the line. Um, He's, he's a talented horse, two runs back from a spell now. Um, he was able to run the fastest last quarter out of the race. He came home in 27.03. He's broke 55, his last 854.79 um, in running fourth in that race. Now, like I say, he's a talented horse. Just get a barrier now, and uh, that's a, a nice run leading into his next start if he gets a good gate. Good on you, Darren. Thanks for that. Thanks, David. Darren Clayton joining us, nominating Max Sweeney, Romany and Apollo Dreams for the Harness Racing Black Book. Don't forget, too, at Albion Park tomorrow they're racing, and whilst the Inter-Dominion is the, the, the key focus, we also see the first round of heats of the Australasian Young Drivers' Championship tomorrow. There's three heats, races 6, 7 and 9. You'll see some of Australia's best young driving talent on display at Albion Park, and Leonard Kane and Angus Garrard, they'll be representing Queensland. So those three heats on tomorrow afternoon, part of a nine-race card. Just before we go, Colin McNiff can't be with us, but he's had a look at the videos, and he's come up with three to Black Book, two out of Launceston last Wednesday night, and one from Devonport on Friday. The two from Lonnie are Periwinkle out of race three, and Princess Matoka out of race five. So jot them down, Periwinkle and Princess Matoka, and he thinks Ashy Boy is the one to follow out of the meeting at Devonport. It contested the sixth race, Ashy Boy. They're Collins 3 for the Black Book. That's Black Book, because for Monday the 11th of December, as we always say, hopefully there's some winners there. Have a good day.